Welcome back to another edition of our WebEx Partner Podcast, Part 2, with VQ Communications. We are so excited to have him back as our co-host. Joining us is Kevin Adamson. Kevin previously worked for Tropo before it was acquired by Cisco in 2015, following which he has spent eight years at Cisco and is currently leading the WebEx Ecosystem Partner Program. And joining us back in the program from our last episode, with VQ Communications, Steve Holmes, Vice President of Sales at VQ Communications. For a second guest, let's welcome Giles Adams, Director and U.S. Federal Relationships, Worldwide VP of Sales at VQ Communications. Now, without further ado, let's get started. So the podcast, gentlemen, great to spend some time with you uh, both today. Let's start by giving our listeners some background on each of you. So. I don't know who wants to start, but uh, who's been with VQ Communications the longest? Well, I guess that's an easy one, uh, Kevin. Um, I was part of the team that came up with the crazy idea of starting the company about 300 years ago. So I guess that's me. <laughs> Excellent. Anything to add, Steve? I joined the business, what, two, two, two and a half years ago now. Um, and Giles and I worked in a, together in a previous life prior to that 300 years, 300 years ago when he started the business. So um yeah, we've, we've got some grey hair and a bit long in the teeth between us. Super. So I think from the introductions, you obviously both work in the same team, but maybe have some different responsibilities. Do you just want to quickly uh, give us an overview of those? Yeah, on, on my part, I am, um, I'm looking after worldwide sales outside of some of the North American um, accounts that, that Giles looks after and, and also more the sales operation side and, and building the sales function within the business. So um, yeah, Charles, Charles has been here uh, a long time and uh, my role is slightly different, but we, we work alongside each other and, um, and and support each other in lots of, lots of the accounts that we're working in as well. Anything to add, Charles? No, I think, uh, you know, if we have had this podcast a few years ago, um, a lot of things that Steve has picked up and is doing much better than I, um, I was running. And as we've grown the team, it's been Fantastic to be able to allow Steve to take over some of the previous activities like looking after some of the enterprise accounts and also some of our key accounts in in Europe, uh, Middle East and Asia as well. And I've sort of defaulted to spending most of my time looking after the U.S. federal community, uh, the intel agencies and so on, on the sort of commercial activities. So um, there's a bit of crossover uh, and at times we uh, we share information about what's going on in various accounts and uh, hopefully come up with the right answer for our customers. Great, sounds good. And you're both based in the UK, as we can tell from accents and various other things. So how far distance-wise are you from each other? Oh, we're currently about eight feet apart, so um, <laughs> yeah, we're pretty close. We're pretty close. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're both, we're both based in, um, I don't know, within 20 miles of each other, I would think, for, in terms of geography and where we, where we live. So pretty pretty close by. Excellent. And what does a typical morning look like for you both? Do you commute? Are you still using the uh, the home office? How does that look? Yeah, so like most of us through the last couple of years, we use the technology that we're all familiar with and, and works extremely efficiently. So the work from home thing became the normal what's going on in the morning, you know, get the coffee going, check the email, log on and, and crack on with your day. And because we have a global customer community, those days quite often sort of merge from morning till night. Uh, I've got a call, for example, tonight that starts very late for a customer in, uh, in Hawaii, which is a customer visit I'm looking to arrange, but it hasn't come off just yet. Um, so 
I don't think we're untypical to anybody else. Um, we usually do a sort of round robin check in with people, but uh, people have started to drift back to work. And it's, it's interesting. I was watching a, a podcast uh, or, or a video that Snora put out recently about, you know, making the office more interesting and a better place to work, um, even though the productivity tools had to be available for people wherever they were in the world. Um, so um, it's great to be back in the office because of all of those things about people and sharing information and ideas and so on. Uh, but uh, I don't think our mornings are any different to anybody else's these days. Good. So thanks. Thanks for the introduction. Uh, let's so let's dig in a little bit more. It'd be great to kind of double click on VQ's journey with Cisco since we recorded episode one, which I think was back in February of last year of 2022. Uh, and no doubt a lot has happened. So as a reminder for the listeners, maybe uh, give us a little overview of, uh, of VQ. Let me jump in on that one. Um... So the company was formed um, about 20 years ago uh, with the ambition of <clears throat> creating platforms for people to build great services on uh, in the video world. Um, VQ, the two letters, don't actually stand for anything specific, but uh, a lot of people have kind of come up with varying, various variations of what they stand for. But there isn't actually anything specific that VQ stands for. Having said that, uh, you know, the journey over the years has taken us to work with various manufacturers and um, sort of coming closer to where we are today, the folks that were founding Akano, many of which uh, came from the Codian world, um, asked us if we could uh, help them with a management platform, uh, which was known as Akano Manager. Now, we then moved on from there. Obviously, Cisco made that acquisition in 2016. So we've continued to invest and develop. Um, we rebranded it from Akano Manager to VQ Conference Manager. So I sort of skipped through very briefly the history of the company. It's been around for a long time. We are predominantly an engineering organization. There, there are only a few of us in the commercial and marketing teams uh, because we work on, you know, listening to the customers and designing a platform that they need. So, um, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. And since the Solution Plus program took off for us, uh, it's been even more exciting. Sounds good. So VQ Conference Manager works with Cisco CMS, as we all know, and no doubt the listeners will know. Um, so can you provide just a short summary of how they tie together? Yeah, absolutely. So VQ Conference Manager provides a management layer for Cisco, for, C for CMS, but also enables a lot of um, capabilities around delivering services. So organizations or service providers wanting to deliver on-premise um, video capabilities and, and, and services to their user user community would, would use Conference Manager to, to, to do that. So it's, it's all template-based or permissions-based, so you can scale up your user um, profiles, deliver different levels or tiers of service across uh, across the CMS platform, and, and really enables you to unlock the capabilities of the fantastic engine that, that CMS is. Sounds good. So kind of coming more to uh, to the recent times, and at least since we recorded in February, uh, you've uh, launched VQ DMA, which is the latest uh, product addition to the, the VQ portfolio. So how does that relate to CMS and, and the users associated with it? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really re relate to CMS directly, Kevin, but what it does do is it ties into the, the premise that um, CMS is, is an on-premise service it's not a cloud service that cisco customers are using and and there are those customers that 
want have endpoints and devices that they need to manage that they don't want to manage with the cloud service like like Control Hub, um, as TMS or the Tamburg Management Suite, as it was known, is it comes towards the end end of its life. Customers are looking for alternatives. They're looking for somewhere to take their device management that that isn't necessarily cloud. Um, so we sort of term that you know can't or won't move to cloud for management and. DMA, as we're calling it, device management and automation, a component of the VQ conference management product, um, it enables customers to do that, to, to migrate from TMS, stay on premise, and, and really a next generation conferencing um, management platform for, for Cisco devices. Sounds good. So, so to clarify then, VQ DMA is a path for customers who need uh, to migrate off TMS, but yet need a parity feature-wise with what they've had or been used to for for several years with the uh, with the TMS. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, DMA, you know, we 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 very quickly get into using three-letter acronyms. So DMA is VQ Device Management and Automation, and if you see it as a as a direct replacement for Telepresence management suite, TMS, that's that's a reasonable way of, of viewing it. What we've done, though, is, of course, is that we're using a modern platform to build a software um, tool on, which enables us to exploit bigger and better things that uh, TMS, which is now quite an old uh, piece of software, can't do. So as well as providing the functionality that people would be familiar with, um, directory services, device configuration, device management, that type of thing, we've been able to add some things in there as well. So one of the one of the things that uh, if the community is familiar that listening to this uh, podcast is things like certificate management. Now that is a huge um, drain on time if it has to be done in the current processes because it's actually log on to each device, check, uh, confirm, et cetera, et cetera. We've been able to automate that. So there's not just a straightforward TMS replacement, it's TMS functionality plus. Um, and we're not uh, trying to say, you know, that um, there is only one answer here. We expect our customers to want to coexist because if you have been a loyal user of TMS for, for many, many years, um, your familiarity with that tool is going to say, well, look, there may be something over there as a, as a different offering, which is built on a modern platform, including this um, US Department of Defense uh, certification called APL. Um, it's going to take us time to consider how we go through that. So it's, it's TMS replacement plus a lot extra, and it all integrates with VQ Conference Manager and CMS. So you get this single pane of glass rather than TMS over here and another management tool over there. It's trying to bring it all into one place. And I guess the plan then would be that you would continue to uh, to add add features there as you as you see demand for them in the market. Is that kind of the way you're looking at that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, not all of our product development is uh, is is focused around what the customers are telling us. So we run a lot of clinics with both our, our very large customer. Uh, deployments, but also we run clinics with some of the smaller deployments because really that's where the ideas come from. So this isn't a sort of uh, um, um, uh, an effort in coming up and saying, we have the answer. You have to now modify your processes around what we think it should be. Um, so for example, you know, DMA is a good example of the fact that, you know, people were saying, look, we need a replacement for TMS. There is no future um, because clearly that product is, at some point is going to come to the end of its natural life. Um, can you guys do that? So 
we listened, we picked up the best components of uh, what TMS does today, and, and those were in the first phase of release, and the second phase of release will come out uh, in the next week or so uh, and roll on from there. Sounds good. So as a customer then, do I need CMS and VQ Conference Manager to utilize the, the DMA, the device management aspects? No, 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 you don't, Kevin. So DMA is a component of Conference Manager. So when you buy, you, you license the component parts, you, you get the Conference Manager platform. Um, CMS is the is the video bridge from from Cisco. It's the the conferencing the conferencing platform. And no, you don't need to have CMS um, or utilize them. What we're calling the meeting services and the all scheduling components of Conference Manager. To, to take advantage of DMA. In fact, we've got customers who um, don't have CMS. They, they're using other cloud service providers for their, their conferencing platform, but are, are moving to DMA for the device management because they don't want to take that to the cloud or, or, or need features that the cloud doesn't provide. So, um, yep, that's, that's absolutely how that works. And from a licensing perspective, you just license the functionality that you require. So within within DMA, you just you just... To, um, manage that on the number of devices and, and take the DMA licensing and you, you don't take the rest of the meeting services licensing, which is um, related to CMS. Yeah, which is ideal because you've, you've built in all of the, the flexibility then that people can pick and choose the components they want. So that, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. It's really important. Excellent. So can you can you expand a little then for the listeners on the uh, on the licensing model whilst we're uh, we've just touched on it? <clears throat> Yeah, absolutely. We wanted to try and keep the licensing for conference manager as a, as a whole as simple as possible. Um, so it's easy to explain, easy to understand from a from a user perspective, and and, easy, and simple to to quote and to put into place. And software licensing is is, is never easy. Um, and the, as soon as you start building options into into anything, really, the complexity goes up. So we have a, a couple of different models for the for meeting services for the. the uh, conference management platform relating to CMS, and that's either based on an a la carte model where you license for um, PMP and SMP users. So we just match the, the CMS licensing model. So it really scales at that point. So for those smaller CMS deployments, the the, the cost of VQ Conference Manager is, is is pretty light. And then as it gets bigger, um, from a CMS perspective, then the the, the overhead and the um, capabilities that people are going to be leveraging from conference manager also increases and, and therefore the licensing licensing does as well. Um, but from a DMA perspective, we've um, we've got four options for, for DMA on that a la carte model and it's all based on um, the number of devices. So we've broken down DMA into three component parts. We've got one button to push. So customers who are scheduling calls and want to use the, the, the green button um, for devices that are non-cloud registered, we've got the ability to do that. We also have TMS style directory services, and then we have the, the wider conference management, um, sorry, not conference management, device configuration and management components. So you can license those three parts individually, depending on your particular needs, or you can just license them as the suite. And actually that's what we're finding most people are doing. They're taking what we're calling DMA suite. Um, there's also a, a promotion that's, that's that's running that's going to run through to the end of the Cisco financial year, which is 20% off of those prices. So for customers that are migrating from TMS to DMA, um, there are some greenfield opportunities that, that are just taking taking DMA new that that weren't using TMS before. 
but for those customers that are migrating from TMS to to DMA, there's a twenty percent reduction on that um, on that DMA sweep price right the way through to the end of this financial year. Good. So I, for a long term TMS user, then this sounds pretty attractive. Not only do I, as a customer, get a pathway to replace aging Windows Server technology that they have today, but also get a cleaner, more modern management interface. That said, I guess any move from software that's been in production for years and is reliable to something that may be new and uh, yeah, and kind of untested by some of these customers. What's what's your advice there? Do you do you see that as a a common theme coming up? I think we we have to be pragmatic and recognize, uh, as I mentioned earlier, that you know if people have been using a tool for a long time, there's a nervousness, and I understand that entirely because you know if you use the example of what's probably facing us all our desktop uh, devices, you know if you've gone from Windows to Mac or Mac to Windows, largely it's the same, but actually it's completely different. So you do have to recognize that there is going to be a transition that people need to. Um, become more comfortable with the with the tool that's replacing it. So as I said before, we're talking about tools coexisting, um, devices that would be called connectors to allow you to get the information across so that you can look at one and, and, and see the information in both places, that type of thing. And it takes a little bit of time. So, you know, I'm actually, if you, if you look at the way that we work uh, and have been a customer of ours for a while, you'll know that we're, 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 we're cautious. We expect people to take time. So there'll be lots of training that's available for people to help and support them with that sort of migration. Uh, but over time, they'll start to find that there's more resources in VQDMA that enable them to solve problems. So they'll be drawn to it rather than being forced to say, well, we're going to turn this one off and you have to suddenly jump over over a weekend's um, upgrade to a new tool because that's painful. We don't want people to have to feel worried about that. Yeah, sounds good and, and, and increases that flexibility again, as we've talked about before. So flexible license model and, and flexible deployment uh, methodology as well, which is uh, which is useful. OK, so who's the target market for for uh, for DMA specifically? <clears throat> for DMA specific, I think it touched on that a little bit earlier, really. It's those customers that can't or won't move to cloud for their device, for the device management. So you know, Cisco's got a. Um, an interest in migrating people to Control Hub, and uh, and it, it's great. You know, it's a fantastic platform, but it, it doesn't have all of the features and functionality that TMS had, and um, and and that DMA has. So things like our directories, for example, we've got uh, customers who want to break down the directories into smaller um, component parts, if you like, you know, build, build out smaller directory sets and, and provide those to their customers or, or to the user base. And, and and Control Hub doesn't have that capability. So that, that's one use case that's um, specifically within, I think, some of the university customers that we're, we're working with. Um, so then the other advantage, of course, is that those customers that can't move to cloud, and there's, there's reasons behind that, they're usually security reasons or data sovereignty um, requirements that mean that they they can't register those devices to the cloud. So they need a management platform. So really that, that's where we're working with people and, and some of those implementations are reasonably small and, and others are up into the thousand, thousands of devices as well. So you know, there's, um, yes, there's some big, big Cisco video deployments out, out, here, out there and um, DMA is scaled to, to suit those. One thing we should point out as well is the software 
versions that, um, that DMA supports from the Cisco environment. So we're the Room OS and, and CE devices are the software platforms that um, that DMA supports, so the older TC and, and, and older um, software platforms um, aren't, aren't supported on, on DMA. So. Excellent. And obviously, hence why this is uh, um, so useful for the US government that, that certainly won't or a, a challenge for numerous reasons to move into the cloud. That's that's why you're uh, you have such a sweet spot there in that customer base. So it make, makes sense. Um, okay, so is there somewhere our listeners can see VQ DMA in action? How how do they kind of get their hands on it or learn more about it? <clears throat> yeah, so it's it's a classic multi pronged um, opportunity for people to use whatever tools they feel comfortable with. You can, of course, go to the VQ website that's got a, a fair amount of basic information, but it's pretty dry. Um, so if you want to actually see it in action, um, Cisco DCloud, if you have access to that, it's there. Um, a number of our channel partners have it running in their executive experience centers. We also have an executive experience center with a, a, a very well-known um, engineer who looks after that environment who knows a lot about TMS in the background to it. So very capable if you want one-to-one -one sessions. Uh, on top of that, a lot of the Cisco collaboration sales engineering uh, team across the world are now getting more and more experience of what VQ DMA looks like. And they can obviously talk to their customers locally about what the what the plans are. And then uh, on top of that, we, we're traveling now, COVID's over. So um, if you're at ISE, I think that's next week when we're recording this. Um, may have gone by the time we actually get this out. Um, my colleague Steve will be there. And then we have a booth at Cisco Live in, in Amsterdam and later in the US um, as well. And um, there are various other partner events that we'll be traveling to. So whatever suits you, you know, ping us, drop us a line, WebEx channels, um, dcloud and so on, uh, and get it started. And then, of course, that will lead to, I suspect, some more conversations where you want to um, perhaps uh, get down to the talk to the engineers about what it looks like and so on. So, yeah, look forward to um, supporting whichever way you contact us and we'll show you what it looks like and where it's going. Fantastic. Um, so, th so this has been super informative. Um, one final question, if I may. So what's next for VQ in 2023 and how should listeners connect with you to explore opportunities or get more information? Yes, I think Giles has covered some of the, the, the ways to connect, but we've, we've got a WebEx space. So there's an Ask VQ space that people can use. Email into info at vqcoms.com. Um, and in, in terms of further engagement and how people work with us, you know, our CTO is always happy to present private roadmap sessions, as is our product manager. Um, there, there's lots of things that we um, can't talk about too publicly around further integrations around Microsoft Teams and other other tools. We've got a lot of work that's going on around um, broader analytics and, and visualizing what's going on in people's on-premise uh, collaboration environments. So more and more that's going to start surfacing through 2023. There's an awful lot of news flow coming down the line. So uh, I'd advise people to keep their eyes open. Follow us on LinkedIn as well. There's always news uh, being posted on LinkedIn. Sounds good. And of course, uh, uh, episode three, some point in uh, in the next nine, 12 months or so, uh, we'll uh, give that uh, information, no doubt. OK, so thank you. Uh, thank you very much, both. Uh, we're going to finish off with a, a quick lightning round here. Um, so uh, you can both answer uh, favourite hobby. Steve, do you want to start? 
I quite like my allotment, actually. It's quite quite boring and probably talks about 300 years of experience we've got on the, on the grey hair, but um, I, I quite like pottering around and growing things I can eat. I'm not too good with the flowers. I don't know what flowers are and, and, and what to do with them. They scare me, but, you know, grow some carrots and some potatoes and um, enjoy eating them for the rest of the year. That's me. <laughs> okay, I don't know how to follow that, Steve. I mean, you're younger That's than I am. really, isn't it? Yeah, you're younger than me. So my latest hobby is actually scuba diving, but secondly, uh, drinking tea. So yeah, we we keep things formal. Cool. Okay. And what do you what do you like best about living in the UK? Well, if this was on video, which it's not, and you can see over our shoulder, you can see the the, the grey drizzle outside. Um, that, that's the, the weather in the UK. I mean, you can't you can't be British, answer a question about what do you like about the UK or anything about the UK and not mention the weather, can you? So um, the, the the diversity of the of the weather from cold, crisp mornings and, and ice on the car through to um, bright sunshine and um, rec record temperatures. So um, yeah. and but it, in all seriousness, a lot, a lot of the scenery, you know, the, the, the natural world in the UK is. Um, probably a little bit underrated and um, there's, there's some there's some fantastic um it's fantastic nature here it's, it's amazing steve needs to go and get a job at the uh, tourist information place i think so he's trying to sell england as a holiday destination well done steve yeah yeah I, I, I'm, I'm generating more money for the british economy than the royal family yeah pubs are good <laughs> So that's one of the best things about living in England. And by the way, scuba diving, I don't do it in England because it's too cold. So I'd rather go to a warm Mediterranean environment. <laughs> OK, and finally, favourite food? Apple pie. After a nice, nice ribeye steak. Mm. Well, I've got to go for fish and chips, of course, because that is a British invention, although somebody's probably going to correct me now. So I'll go with that. Excellent. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you both for your time uh, today. And it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Hope you enjoyed today's episode with Steve Holmes and Giles Adams with BQ Communications. Next time we'll get into more episodes with Solutions Plus and our partners. Subscribe to this podcast on Cisco Podcast Network. That's available on most streaming channels such as Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, and many more. And we really appreciate your help getting the word out and leaving a review. That is where we live and you can find other great episodes there too. Until next time, thanks for listening.